Welcome to the Founder to Mentor podcast. My name is Mike Fada. I'm an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits and a passion for health and mentorship. Join me on a journey where I connect with world-class founder mentors to inspire your personal and professional growth. Let's jump into it. Welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation with uh, Jake Carls, co-founder of Midday Squares. Welcome to Founder to Mentor, Jake. Mike, baby, I'm fired up. I haven't spoken to you in a long time. Usually we see each other a lot, actually. Um, but I'm pumped for this conversation because you know me very well. And I've gotten to know you very well as well over the last couple of years. And like I said, you become a friend. Uh, you're an investor. You know, you're an advisor. You know, you're a lot more than just someone that's in our corner. I think that you've helped us a lot. So I think this conversation go very deep because you know so much and, and we're happy to share it. Yeah, same thing. I think uh, obviously love hanging out with you, and and I think we can unpack some stuff for the listeners that maybe they they haven't heard. And and most people I think uh, that are following me will probably have have heard of Midday Squares. But just give give us a quick intro on Jake and and on Midday Squares. So my name is Jake. Uh, I'm 29 years old. Uh, I co-founded Midday Squares with my sister, and my brother-in-law, who are epic other entrepreneurs. And um, what's unique is we're family, but we didn't go into this business because we're family. We went into this business together because the three of us aligned on a vision of building the next biggest chocolate snacking company worldwide. Forget about North America, worldwide. And the second thing about it was, if you look at our skill sets, the three of us are extremely different. And when you put three different skill sets that complement each other together, it creates a tripod, a tripod that is so firm and stable and foundationally strong. So that's what we did. We launched Midday Squares August 4th, 2018 together. And the, the mission was... Build the next biggest chocolate snacking company. Imagine what would Hershey's, Mars, Mondelez, Nestle, Lint look like if they started in 2022. That's what we're trying to accomplish. And we want to be a brand that's that's here for the next 50 years. We, do, we don't want to be that pump and dump company. We want to be something that is a legacy brand that is in the fridges of our grandkids. And that's really the mission of Midday Squares is build epically tasting products that are functional, delicious plant-based, and you know, at the same time, build a brand that people actually care about and want to be part of. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys are building a brand that people want to be part of. I mean, the the uh, the excitement and the kind of FOMO, some people get into it even before they try the product, right? And uh, and you're a big part of that. Like you carry the title of co-founder and, and rainmaker. Talk to me about being a rainmaker. Um, you know, you guys are dividing and conquering and you could focus on that. But for some founders, that that's that can only be a part of what they're doing, but it is a really important part. So, so talk to us about that. Yeah, Mike, I think my my journey of where my position came was it is very interesting. It was a path that was I was lost completely. So when I started and I joined Midday Squares as the third partner, I thought I had to have a big title. And, and I think a lot of founders go through this. My ego told me that, you know what, I need to have that like chief of whatever. And I went to the first thing I thought about is oh, I'm good at marketing. I'm helping with the storytelling. I'm building the brand noise and all that stuff. So let me call myself the CMO. So chief marketing officer. And, you know, that's what felt necessary. You know, I own a third of the company at the time. And, and I was like, that's what I need to be. I mean, a boss, a manager and all this stuff. And I really tried to fit it. I really did. I gave myself six months of just banging the nail. But you know, when you're playing to your weaknesses, things just don't work. Like you don't have unlimited time in this world, especially when you're trying to build a company for fast growth. And also that will be hopefully around for the next 30 years, you need to do certain things and you can't have time just sitting there learning and and, and waiting and, and trying to do something you're not great at. And finally, after a couple of therapy sessions, we're talking like, you know, maybe 20 therapy sessions with my partners, I finally said, I can't manage people. I'm horrible at it. And I don't want to do this CMO anymore. And it actually felt 
I felt freedom for the first time in a long time when I said, I can't be the manager. I just can't live up to that. And when I did that, I said to myself, I need to find what it is I do. What am I good at and how can I play that strength? And having great partners is super important because they were very supportive. They're like, just be you, figure it out, try things, and then go in the direction it takes you. So I went from being Jake, the CMO, to Jake, the delivery boy, delivering products like a distributor, literally like a distributor. But slowly as I was doing that, what I realized I was good at was telling the story and making friends. So that turned into like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing marketing, I'm making noise, building attention to the brand, but I'm also building massive amounts of relationships, deep relationships with store managers, buyers, that investors that were soon to become investors, journalists, all this stuff started to reformulate into like, oh my God, I'm creating this bubble that people are becoming part of and then are being swooped into the midday squares ecosystem. And then certain team members were asking me, hey, you know this person, can you intro me to them because they're your friend? And I was like, oh my God, am I becoming the pipeline for midday squares where I go out and I build this night network? And then when my team needs a certain person in the network, all they have to do is message me and I give them an already an upper hand with that person who already cares about us. And then I realized legal firms and accounting firms and you know sometimes banking firms have something called a rainmaker. And what the rainmaker does is they're not... They don't have a legal degree. They don't have a law degree. They don't have the typical CPAs or whatever that, what they do is they're simply there. They get paid to bring in people to the business. They get paid to bring in the business to make, to make it rain, show them the money. And what they focus on is being the person that's out there, being the person that builds that relationship. And I realized that in the CPG space, we just don't have that. No one talks about that, but yet it's necessary, especially if you want to build the next biggest company in that space, right? Or in that category you chose so then I started saying, shit, I like the name Rainmaker. I'm literally making it rain. And then I said, I'm going 150% on this because I finally felt what real freedom feels like because real freedom means you're playing to your strengths. You're doing what you love every single day. And that's a privilege, Mike. That's a privilege that you and I have built. Obviously, you've been through so much in your, your many years of entrepreneurship. You've done things you don't like because you were, a, you know, you, you started and it was a whole different time back then. But today, because I have partners that do different things, I can focus just on making sure that Midday Squares is continuously building its network globally from things from finance, legal, internal new team members, potentially to journalism, to investors. But I can only focus on that. And be the showman that needs to be and give it 150% all the time. Yeah, and no, I, I think it's great. And, and, you know, I believe that's one of the reasons why MDS is winning is because you you are the, the the tripod, the three, and you could focus on on that solely. But I think that every founder, every entrepreneur needs to be a rainmaker, even if it's a one-tenth of their time in their business, right? I learn a lot from you kind of watching and 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 I hear from people all the time like, Oh, that's a show that that's a show that Jake's putting on, or it's a show, you know, and I'm like, no, no, that, that is Jake. And I, I didn't understand it really until we were hanging out somewhere and we were talking about family and like some of the skits and things that you guys used to do as a family to, to put yourself each other in awkward positions or put yourself on stage and like, give us, give us one of those stories. Cause I think that it's, it's a, yeah. it's a muscle that you've developed and that everyone can develop if you do those exercises, right? If you put yourself out there. So like, I, th I think it would be helpful for, for others to hear that. I always say what I've learned over 29 years is nothing really academically. I could assure you that I, I read a lot of books now, but before that, I didn't learn that. What I learned was 
you can achieve greatness by simply putting yourself in discomfort. And what I mean by discomfort is things that you're not used to. So like, if you don't like to be in a social scene, putting yourself out there, even if you meet nobody, even if you just stand there awkwardly, you've grown a little bit, you've progressed. And slowly that progression compounds into big things. So, you know, you might've been someone that was scared of putting yourself on camera, right? And then you started and it was horrible and you were, you couldn't look at yourself. You were miserable about it. But then you start doing more and more and more. And next thing you know, you're on TV, like national television. So I'll never forget one time, my sister, my brother-in-law, who are introverts, introverted extroverts, I'm an extrovert, let's call it, you know, they, they don't like to do these like dances and things like that. And that's something that's true passionate to who I am. I love to spread good energy. That's, I feel like that's my purpose, to be honest with you. And we were at this, this event with Concordia University and there was 300 students and it was, we just started midday squares. It was like three months in. So we had like mini hype, not that much hype, but people kind of knew who we were. Um, and I'll never forget. I bring, I brought my boom box and I said to them, I said, guys, if we're going to present, we need to put on a show. We need to do what's authentic to us. And that means like, I'm going to make, I'm going to dance. And I hope you can join me as I dance on the stage, because if you respect me, you're going to let me do this. And my partner's like, okay, we'll buy into this concept. Not really comfortable doing it, but, but whatever. And I'll never forget. I had the song ready to go 300 people. I got them to stand up and suddenly I was like, okay, three, two, one. And then I pressed the boom box and nothing came out, the no, no noise. And then I was like, oh shit. And everyone was standing, everyone was cringe. 30 seconds passed, I'm trying to slam the thing. I'm trying to fix it on my phone and everyone is getting uncomfortable, cringe. And Nick looks at me and says, dude, I think it's time to cut it. And Nick's my partner. He said, I think it's time to cut it. It feels really awkward. And I was like, no, in my head, I knew that this was part of who I am and I am gonna perform. And what did I do? I said, fuck it. We are going to acapella it. And he looks at me and he goes, what? And I go, three, two, one. And I start saying, hey, hey, baby. Ooh, ah. And then everyone was cringe. And then slowly the whole room started to erupt. Nick and Leslie finally got on the beat of it. You know, it was one of those crazy moments where after it was done, that 30, 45 seconds of the singing and the dancing, everyone felt so alive. Everyone felt so real. And it was one of those key moments to realize that Every time you do a little thing that's a little bit more uncomfortable, there's always some sort of outcome that comes from it. It's never mediocre. So that's when my partners realized, holy shit, we're going to start putting ourselves more onto comfortable positions because look what happens. And that's the same thing with showing up on a plane to, to an office where you're not even, you know, you don't have an appointment. You show up because it's uncomfortable and that serendipity happens. The magic happens. And that's the lessons that I've, I've embraced and I continue to preach every day because I realize we as a society, Mike, and you know this, we put ourselves in these boxes and we put this peer pre this pressure and this fear on us that we can't go out of these zones. We can't step outside because you'll be judged or you'll fail. And I think that anyone that's in entrepreneurship, you're already stepping somewhat out of comfort by being an entrepreneur. It's an outlier. So it's like, if you just keep doing that, you're going to compound on something. Again, it could be bad or good, but at least it's not in the middle. Yeah, that's a great share. I mean, it makes me think, and it kind of is, I think everyone can kind of feel it. Like you're on a dance floor, you're sitting off to the side of the dance floor, you're, you're in your mind, you're like, no, I can't dance. I don't want to feel awkward. I don't want to stand out in front of everybody. As soon as you start moving your body, oh my God, it feels good. It opens the kind of magic up, you know? And I tell people like when I, when I was a young entrepreneur, I, I you know, coming from a nerdy, geeky kid or whatever, I, I was such an introvert. 
that I used to practice in front of the mirror and be like, hi, my name is Mike Fada. How are you? This is my business. What do you do? You know, and just say that over and over again. And then you go out and start to practice that in real life. And and then, and then people are like, oh, you're so social or, or, or for you, you know, Jake can fire up a room. You can, you can, you can energize everyone, but it's, it's a muscle. You, you practice that you do the exercises and you just got to start. Right. So anyone that's listening, that's thinking about it, like just go after it. I want to talk about like crazy. What, what's the craziest thing so far that's happened to you uh, in business? I think the craziest thing is, and this is more like death serious is, you know, at times I've felt insecure and doubt on my capabilities, you know, being that person that does all this wild performing stuff. Like I always felt like I wasn't good enough to do like executive level things or like, you know, things like, uh, you know, in boardroom meetings, I, you know, I go into a boardroom, I go into our board and I actually put my feet on the desk and I, I don't care. And I've learned to accept that because that's who I am. And I, I love that about myself. But before this, during this journey, I have gone into these deep spirals of just like being insecure in a room where I'm pitching investors. Are they listening? Am I too young? Are they making fun of me? Are they, are they this? And that game was really dangerous. That game was killing me inside. And it made me get angry at people that I care about around me. I was taking it out on them. And then I realized that, fuck it, I am Jake and I'm proud of what I do and what I do makes impact. And what the impact is, is, is I need to just keep doing it. And it's going to keep compounding the business of midday squares. And even internally at our team, some of the teammates don't know idea what I do. They'll write like, yo, I have no idea what you do here. And it's like, you know, the best feeling, Mike, is when a big win happens and it's a year and a half before I did something within that relationship to make that relationship come to life a year and a half later. And everyone's like, how did this even happen? And then my partner step in and say, you know, Jake did this a year and a half ago and kept planting that seed behind the scenes to make sure that we had this today and saved our company. So those moments are the craziest, in my opinion, that, you know, you have a relationship, you don't just look at it once you continue to water it. And when you water and the time's right and it actually flourishes, it makes real impact that is not visually, you can't visually see it. You can't see it through data. It's just that happened. And I think that that's the craziest stuff I go through. And I think I've learned with therapy and coaching, even being surrounded by people like you, Mike, that like, you know, as a friend and as a mentor, you've worked with me on certain things to feel more confident, you know, to, you gave me this local everywhere concept, which I was kind of trying to figure out how to do that. And then you, you kind of inspired me to get off, off my ass and just go. And I'll never forget, Leslie and Nick gave me this when I was going through that insecurity a year and a half ago, two years ago. They're like, you got to be on the road. That's your strength. You got to be with people. And I was kind of making up excuses not to go. And then I saw you one time. I don't even think you know this story. I was with you and you told me this local everywhere concept. And then it started to give me this motivation and this inspiration to say, what do I have to lose? Why am I not doing this? You've done it. It's worked. It's not, it's a proven concept. And I just got to be me and, and build those deep relationships. And then guess what? I've done 103 flights this year already. So I got off my ass and I showed up even during the hardest times of travel. I still showed up. And that's because I realized that is the magic that I can make. Yeah, no, that's great. And you were doing it already. I think I just helped to put words to it, you know, for my years of experience, like make friends first, do business second, local everywhere for people that don't understand that. Like, you know, when you're, when you're marketing in, in a different city, in a different province, a different state, going, going in a different country, like you, you got to be local. You can't be a tourist there. And how do you be local? You, you show up and if you can go stay uh, with a friend on, on a friend's couch instead of the hotel or take someone out to dinner, like get to know what's happening in the local community there and, and 
and and be welcome as a local or not not as a traveler and you see start magic happens like i i drove around uh california when we launched there for like three years for half half of the month like you know and and uh, and then now what 20 years later people are like i remember when you first came to our store and did a demo and then we went out to dinner and then we went bowling or whatever it was right and and like that sticks with people and so just get people getting away business happens away from your desk right and you're you're prime example of that it is why uh mds is is blowing up and and you've seeded so many relationships you just spoke to it sometimes it doesn't come alive for like a year two years three years you know and uh and, and it has its compounding effect so I think it's a it's a big learning for anyone that's kind of sitting there going like, wait a second, I I, I think that may help our business for sure. It's going to help the business. Yeah, and like even like last night, like you don't always have to necessarily physically show up, but like last night was Thanksgiving in the United States, and I said to my partners, I said, guys, shit, we have friends in the United States, and it's a big holiday for them. Like you know, they're out there, you know, grinding and and having time with their family and appreciation. Let's call it. I sent off like a hundred different style of messages, like voice recordings, videos, but custom to each person that I care about. And just the responses back is again, showing up in a way it's showing up and showing that you care about these friendships. It's not all about transaction. Even though some of these are, you know, 15, 20 of them were my buyers. They wouldn't talk about business. This was about the true gratefulness that I had for the friendship. And, and guess what? That if that turns into something great later, great. If not, they are people that are in my corner as a friend. I can go to their homes. I can go have a drink with them. I can have dinner and cook food at their house. That is worth so much money. It's not even a you can't put a price on it because it's in it's 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 in value. I can't explain it. It's the words don't explain it. But you know, those are the reasons why I think that I'm so grateful on this journey is because the people I meet, the people that I meet inspire me to keep being bolder, louder, crazier you know, more enthusiastic because of those people's mentorship or relationships or just like, you know, many sentences that they send me on text once in a while, every six months, you know, but that's what makes this journey really fun. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's all building community, you know, and, and, uh, and then you show up and then you show, you can show up in a number of different ways. And, and I think you guys have done that well outside of just outside of, of the industry. It's really to your consumers. Like it gets talked about all the time. People go, Hey, I, I sent midday squares a note and I actually got a, I got a voice note back from them after I connected with them on social. And they put this time in to say like, Hey, how you're doing? We're thinking about you or like, thanks for ordering or like, have a great day. And like that, that personalization of business. And you guys created a name for yourself doing the postcard and the the pictures that go out in orders. And like, there's, there's a lot of, you're setting a lot of great examples for other entrepreneurs to personalize their business and build real community, build real community with people. Cause you never know what's going to happen in the future. And, and, and when people show up for you uh, uh, or with you, when, uh, when the time is right. Yeah. It's, it's not that complex. Like, you know, there's, I always tell people there's three things you need in business, whatever business you're in, forget about CPG. You need product market fit. So if you don't have a great product, that then you're not going to make it. That's number one. So in our case, taste, function, that's super important. So we didn't build this product out of thin air. There was some data. The second thing is, is you need to tell a story. You need to continuously tell a story because stories are how we as humans connect with each other. So that's how we as consumers build community, let's call it. And then the third thing is you need to be authentic. Authenticity is what breaks through the, the, the noise around the world. It's what builds that relationship with your customer. It's what builds that friendship with your buyer. It's what makes this whole journey feel like you're with the family at all times, right? And I think that in today's world, if you have those three things, 
you are giving yourself and execution being the fourth. If you have those four things, then you're giving yourself a, the highest chance at least of winning in terms of whatever you feel winning is. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't have all those things or they don't think that they're important to the four things, but it's like, you know, if you don't have one of those levers or one of those things, I think you can't physically make it past a certain scale because at some point your execution is going to kick in. And at some point your customer needs a great product because they got to repurchase your item. At some point that you want your customers shouting and selling for you without that story and that authenticity, they don't really care. What about the people that go and help you when you're in times of trouble? Like, you know, we went through a crisis. You came in and I, I heard from my partners that you're helping almost weekly now with, with solving something. Again, this is not just because you're an investor in the company. This is because you care and you are a friend and you are advising and helping us, but you're putting yourself, you're getting your sleeves dirty. You're opening up your sleeves and you're like, I'm here. Think about the years, the two years of our friendship or three years of our friendship that's been built. You have built with the three of us separately and together. This is hours. This is emotions. This is energy, resources, time that is given to this. And Rome wasn't built in a day, just like friendships aren't built in a day. Yeah, it's a great share. And I, I want to unpack the, uh, the the storytelling part of it. Um, and you and I had the uh, opportunity to share stage in, in Vancouver and talk about storytelling and, and personal branding. It's really all around this relationships and, and how a lot of entrepreneurs just don't think that they have a story to tell, but everyone has a story to tell. So it's like, getting out of your own way. Is there advice, you know, and obviously people look up to, to midday squares all over the place in the, in the industry and outside of it saying like, Hey, wow, you guys are telling great stories and you, and you obviously have a great video team and, and team that's putting that forward. But like advice that you'd have for, for a younger founder, maybe it's a single founder that that's just starting out and is in startup mode, how to like break past their own barrier, start storytelling and, and, and maybe some advice there. Yeah. So storytelling, I think is the future of let's call it mark. I think it's called marketing now. I think marketing is now being called storytelling. Obviously there's tra the traditional marketing for like retail marketing and stuff like that. But I think overall, all of the marketing has to turn into true storytelling. But I think that if you're a solo founder, if you're shy or you don't want to tell that story, here's what you got to think about. And here's what I did when I, when I was young, I thought about this and it basically imagine you might not find your story interesting, your personal story or, or your business story interesting. And the reason why you might not find it interesting is because you are living it 24-7. So you are repeating it in your loop in your head 24-7. However, not everyone's doing that. There's people that are going to be very curious that you might not think is interesting because you're living through it every second, but that other person finds it extremely interesting. And all you need is a small group of people to care and when that group of people care, they do the selling, they do the building the for you. They start sharing your story. They start, start telling people about it because it's impacted them. It's inspired them. So all you need to do is put yourself out there, tell yourself, yeah, my story is interesting. Maybe I don't find it interesting because I live it every day, but somebody out there will. There's 8 billion or 7.5 billion people in this world. Somebody's going to find it interesting. And all you need is that one person. And that one person will give you some momentum. And then the momentum will keep going and you'll compound it. But I think people are just so scared of themselves. They're battling with themselves. It's always a fear of what others think or what what, what society going to do. Is, is someone going to not buy my product because I said the F word? It's like, if that's what you're worried about, then you're not worried about your business. You're not focusing on growing your business or obsessing with your customer. You're focusing on your own self fighting, your, your own fighting yourself. Makes no sense. So we got to get out of our heads, untangle, 
learn that you are an interesting person, you know, embrace that and just start sharing. And if people don't like it, then let them not like it. They'll move on. They'll, they'll, you could block them. They'll block you. Who cares? Yeah. How, how much of that do you think is an exercise? Like, you know, is, is it just a challenge? You tell people like, hey, go out there on social and post once a week or post a couple of times a week and do that for a year. Like give yourself, give yourself enough runway of trying it to see what the impact is going to be. Is it how much of you think is that compared to, uh, wow, functional chocolate going crazy is, is, is a lot better of a story than someone that's selling chickpeas or, you know, whatever the example is, right? Like how, how much of it do you feel personally that it's, it's the, it's the system and the process? I think it's a lot. I think you could train yourself. And I think the reason being is because I've always enjoyed the idea of storytelling my whole life. I've always been the, the person pranking people, you know, performing, you know, I always loved the tension, right? But today tension's the most powerful asset in the world because, you know, we all have these quadrants or whatever you want to call it, rectangular items that you go on for entertainment and education every day, minute, every minute, some people, you know? So I was like, how do you grab that attention? And I realized that I got to create some sort of story to figure out how to get that into other people's hands. So I started at the beginning, just telling my story, even though I thought it was a bit cringe and slowly, just like I used to record way less than I record now, but I basically started with one thing. And then again, somebody liked it and it gave me energy. So then I went again. And then I started to learn, you know, people don't like this type of content. People like this type of content. You know, you make a post on LinkedIn. Somebody doesn't even, no one, no one even looks at it. Guess what? Maybe I'm not going to post that style again. Maybe I'm going to try something new. But the moment you stop caring and stop worrying about all the bricks on your shoulders and stop worrying about what people are going to think, you're giving yourself freedom of creativity. And the freedom of creativity allows you to explore a lot of different things. And one of those things can easily hit virality can easily, and I mean true virality, can easily hit, you know, what people like. You know, when I want to get a retailer's attention, you know, I learned that I got to just post something relevant to retail that is showing some sort of thing that we've done that has worked. And when I do it, there's almost a sense of FOMO or there's almost a sense of like, well, if this retailer is doing it, maybe we should think about it a little differently. Maybe we should talk to Jake and then see how we could do that. And that's all because of storytelling. I didn't know that. When we started August 4, 2018, I know that now I also have a lot more information. When I started August 2018, all I was showing was delivering products to stores. Again, that was great at the time, but then I started trying something new. How about I dance in front of the store with the store staff? Boom, trying that now. Or how about I go to a boardroom and we get up and we huddle and we get motivated and I want to share that. And guess what? That worked. So you just got to trial and error and, and just stop caring because once we stop caring, it's real freedom. Yeah. If you're going to put yourself out there, you know, stay out of your head. As soon as you're in your head, you're kind of dead, right? You just, you can, you can convince yourself all the reasons why not. Trust your gut, build that muscle. I want to talk about, you know, I know health is important to you. You, you got enough, uh, you got enough videos out on social of you <laughs> working out, working the biceps, working out and reading and like, you know, bettering yourself, right? Continuous improvement is is a big part of, I think, what's making Jake successful and, and keeping you fired up. But talk about maybe the the learnings. You're still young in your twenties. Um, was there a path there that you weren't doing some of those things and you learned the hard way? Like, Hey, I got to put time to this. And, and, and what does that look like for maybe people that are in that transitionary spot? 
So working out was always something I did since I was 17. And that always released a valve for me of like energy. And then it gave me like, you know, there's more motivation to just like, I enjoyed the aesthetics. I enjoyed feeling good, like inside, but I had more energy to go do Jake. Right. So that was always the thing. And during the midday squares journey, things started to slightly get out of hand. I wasn't doing it at one point because I was like so stressed and exhausted and tired and burnt out. But then I made it a priority to set a time every day to, or four days a week, five days a week to do it. And, you know, and I also gave myself permission if I didn't want to do it, I didn't feel the energy to do it, that it was all good. It was all Gucci because you're mentally in your head. And sometimes, you know, when you're too obsessed, you know, you start to be really hard on yourself and then it creates a bigger disaster. So I actually gave myself permission. It's okay if I miss it, you know, one day, it's not a problem. The second thing that I think has become the largest learning for me, sorry, two things. Therapy. Um, so I decided to start seeing a therapist because that's what my partners asked me to do out of respect for the partnership at the beginning. So I didn't believe in therapy before this. I was like, I don't need this. I'm the happiest dude in the planet. I was in a fraternity. I was in high level sports. I'm like, I'm so happy. I don't need anything. And then when I did it, I started to realize the power of it and how you learn by listening. You learn by understanding others, how to get your point across, how to not just think about rebuttaling everybody or having your ego drop. Like all these things were so powerful that I continuously learn every week I'm in therapy. I go every week, once a week and that has grown me as a person. And the last thing that I think is the greatest that everyone should do is the old school way of learning is books. Every morning I set aside 45 minutes, no matter where I am to read. And the reason why is there's so much knowledge in books. There's so much wisdom. You get into the minds of some of these individuals. You know, I know you're writing a book, Mike, and I'm going to learn your mind through it. Even though I know you, I'm going to get to get really deep into who you are, how you think. And that is like a mentorship. So, you know, I'm lucky to know you and I'm privileged to know you as a friend and investor and a family member, let's call it. But not everybody is in the world, right? Not everyone knows Mike Fata personally. They can only know him now by his book. And when they see the book and they read it, they can then look at you as a mentor because they'll understand how you thought through certain things, right? That's valuable knowledge. So reading has been that part of my life where I gain all these new mentors by reading and understanding. I read self-help books. I read business books. I read psychology books. I read history books because the more knowledge I have, the more I can apply, the better storyteller I can become, the better leader I can become, the better way I handle stress or look at a crisis or chaos. You know, I've seen people deal with the chaos already through the books. Now I understand how to approach it and not walk into it with just pure fire and, and anxiety and fear rather than I'm looking at to solve the problem. And I've seen, you know, Elon Musk do it in his, in his factories. He's already been through that. There's people that have been through that. I'm not alone in this boat, you know? So I think that's the, the three things I really put towards my health, mental health, learning, and physical fitness. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And, and I, and I wanted to, touch on mentorship. So I'm glad that you, you brought that up because, you know, a lot of, a lot of founders, a lot of entrepreneurs think like, Oh, the old school way of mentorship, right? Like I need one person in my life. Uh, that's my mentor and can tell me, you know, how to avoid pitfalls or whatever. Um, but there's just so many ways of mentorship. Like it is good to have physical mentors in your life that have, that have walked the path that you wanted to before, but you don't have to know them. You know, you can, you can be connected with them on social media. You could be, you could read their book, you know, you, you could get their learnings just by being, by absorbing it that way. And, and I, 
And I'm, I'm hopeful that this podcast and, and some of that I'm, that I'm sharing that I can offer that because I wish I could talk to everyone, all the, all the founders and, and entrepreneurs one-on-one. I just can't, there's not enough time in the day, but like those sharing those lessons and those stories so people can pick it up. And then if you're in that situation, then you go, oh yeah, I read about that. Or I listened to that. Here's here. I have a tool in my toolbox now, you know? Uh, and I hope that more and more entrepreneurs start thinking that way. It's uh, it's it's really going to serve them. Uh, but for you know mental and physical health, if if you don't have that, you're you're going nowhere. And as as someone that you know made health changes myself really early on and lost a bunch of weight and and that fired me up. I even let myself, you know, in my forties, let the business take over and I was stressed out and, and, and hit that wall of like not working out enough, not sleeping enough and stuff. And, and it's just game over, you know, we're running a long game here. Um, and, and, and you gotta be, have an athletic mind to, to be in business and be successful. So, um, if you're not doing it, now's the, uh, now's the time. Yeah. And you're right. And it's like, you know, we all, we're always just like, go, go, go. And it's like, no, you need to like, you need to take care of your personal life as well. I, I think if you become obsessed with learning, you know, you'll find the learnings in different things, whether that's social media books, you know, mentorship, all this stuff, you know, like just following somebody on LinkedIn can be a game changer for you. It can inspire your next innovation. It can inspire your, your next round of financing. You know, it, it's not, it, this isn't complex. It's just a lot of work, but it's not complex. It's like, you know, every uh, there's so much knowledge and wisdom out in the world for free. You go look at it. And and by the way, you could still hire people to, you know, mentors and stuff like that too. Like, but I think that all, all these entrepreneurs, they get analysis paralysis. They're like, well, it has to be traditionally, I got to call Mike Fat up and give get an hour call with him. It's like, no, just go listen to his newsletter. Go watch, go watch, go read his book. You'll get a vast amount of wealth of knowledge that will likely help you. Um, but again, you know, I was never the academic, so I never thought reading was necessary. I did horrible in school for that stuff. So I only started reading two years ago. I wish I started when I was younger, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, that's inspiring. I, I see, I see your, uh, your morning shares of the book that you're jumping into. I'm, I'm a nighttime reader myself. I love the last 45 minutes or an hour before I'm going to go to bed. Cause I, I absorb it all. And I feel like I, it makes me, I, I learn from it, but it also makes me smarter, like just challenging the mind like that. Uh, but it, you know, huge. Thanks so much, Jake. I, I, I don't know if there's any, any, uh, any other points you, uh, you want to touch on. Um, the last point quickly that I think is necessary for any, any entrepreneur is, is the journey isn't glamorous. We all know that. Um, and if you're going through moments of, you know, just difficulty or hardship, like it's part of it and you got to change your mindset to, embrace and enjoy the pain because the pain is real. Like there is real pain on this journey, whether that be some of the sacrifices you had to make you know, that, or that you're making currently to make this business exist, you know, being misunderstood by people around you because they don't understand they're not in it. Right. They don't understand that you might have to stay up till three in the morning to fix a problem. You know, you can't go to the bar at night, you know, you have to deal with this or you have to be on your game and you, know, you have to go to bed early I think these things are, are, are things that we all go through and, you know, just, just pick up a, pick up a phone or, or, or reach out to somebody on social media that, that is an entrepreneur. They'll, they'll, they'll walk you through this and talk to you that we're all in the same boat together. And um, I think that's been a big thing that I've learned over the time is don't fight the pain and try to enjoy it. And once you enjoy it, I think, I think life just changes and you start to, you start to really see that process, let's call it, as the way to getting your dream. To, it's one step closer to your dream coming true. 
Uh, yeah, you got to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. I hear you say that all the time. I I, I think like that too. I, I'm, and I think we both have the benefit of of that physical exercise, right? It doesn't always feel good to go to the gym, but boy, does it feel good afterwards, you know, especially after months of doing it and after years of doing it, you start to say, hey, it's uncomfortable. Like you're ripping muscles or you're sore or you're tired or whatever. Same thing in entrepreneurship. When you're in a hotel uh, overnight in some city when you want to be home with your family, um, you know, that, that, that hurts, you know, you, some, something goes wrong in the business and, and it's going to set you back, you know, days, weeks, or, you know, longer than that, it really hurts. And, and you got to just, I don't know if you can enjoy it, but I think you can, yeah, I think you can like uh, enjoy the journey part of it. Know that it's just, it's normal. Everyone goes through it and, and, uh, and you're going to come out the other side stronger, you know, you just are. Yeah. And I think that throwing the towel in because it's hard is what makes us entrepreneurs different. We don't do that. We only do throw the towel in when it's necessary and necessary means, you know, maybe when you lost passion for something or, or you're, you, you know, you realize that there's nowhere, there's nowhere else to go with this business and, and it's time to try another one or, or do this. But we as entrepreneurs don't throw the towel in. we have grit. We have, we have this ability to withstand pressure and deal with the pain. Right. Um, and that's why, you're an outlier and I'm an outlier and many other entrepreneurs are outliers because we're doing what others don't want to do or others are scared to do. And, um, it's bravery. So that's all, you know, if any entrepreneurs listen is bravery, we're all brave warriors. That's why you need the community, you know, you get the stronger entrepreneurship community and, uh, cause we're all in it together. So yeah, thanks so much, Jake. I appreciate the, uh, the time and the, and the share. If, if people want to connect with you, what's the, uh, what's the best way? LinkedIn, Instagram, Jake Carls, and or and follow Midday Squares' journey. You're, you'll see the the it's a fun journey. Um, good, bad, ugly. Yeah, I'm enjoying it on TikTok. I see some of the videos yeah. like peaking peaking close to 10 million views. I'm sure you, know, you got a you got a bunch of people that just love the theatrics of you guys keeping it real and sharing the uh, sharing the 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 challenges of taking on big chocolate. You know, um, yeah, there you go. It's hard. It's hard though. I, I think I think this this. Food world is food and beverage world is it's almost built in my opinion to prevent smaller businesses to scale past the 10 mark the 10 million the zero to 10 okay fine zero to one one to five ten, five to ten fine when you go 10 to 100 or 100 to 500 that range you're there's not many that make it past yeah, that you're in the point. you're in the big league you're in the you're in the nhl or you're in the olympics or whatever however you like to think about the big league and, and uh it you know you got to be prepared or it's going to eat you up for sure it eats you and, and that's why we have you on this journey mike you're this the the the, the road to 100 you're helping us get to 100 yeah no better place uh no, no other place than i'd want to be you know and after uh after growing uh, a successful business i want it for everybody else for sure want it for mds i know that it's just a it's not a it's not an if it's a it's a win so i'm hoping everyone enjoyed the uh, the chat uh, again thanks so much jake and uh, my best to you thank you for listening to the founder to mentor podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode be sure to check out the links and resources in the show notes you can help the show please by subscribing and leaving a positive review as always feel free to get in touch with me on social at mike fada that's it for now see you next time